0: So I want to to, uh, pose the following
1: question. Okay.
0: This is a topic that uh, we have touched upon in the past, but but, um, there's always room to discover more and more, especially if we try to take an approach of trying to put ourselves into the situation and then compare and contrast (laughs) what we might say with what, uh, in this case, Shlomo Melech, According to uh, Rabbein Bachik's explanation, is saying. So I want you to uh, imagine a situation where you have a very good friend, old friend, that you were together for many years in early school and high school, even for a while after high school. And then you parted ways and he moves out of town and he went into business. And you hear that he's doing fabulously well. Really like, as we say, crushing it. Okay. Multi. But you also hear from uh, another good friend. This is someone who you really haven't been able to keep in touch with, but there was always a very good feeling there. And another mutual friend, that is still in touch with both of you with some hope that maybe you could help the situation, that you know that he's doing very, very well, but it's not so kosher. But he's positive he'll never get caught. And of course you're very, very worried about it. But you're not really in touch with him. So you don't have the readily available opportunity even try to get into a conversation. But then, as you know, Hashem's uh, direction would have it, um, one of your children gets engaged to somebody from that town, or some business of yours brings you to that town, and uh, you happen to meet with your old friend, and it's like good old times. You're right back. And you ask him if uh, you can, you know, come over and Just spend some time together, remember some of those good old days. And he says, sure, absolutely, please, it'd be my pleasure. And you have the sense that that very good connection is still there and that this may be the one chance you have to try to help him get back on, get his life back on course and get out of that whole operation that he's gotten involved with, that it seems to be producing quite a bit, but uh, of course that you're very worried for him about. So do you have any idea what you might try to say to him to uh, help him sort of wake up and um, get out of this not right kind of business?
1: I, 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 what what is it, right not right kind of business? mean? it? he's it, open on Shabbat or oh. or he's doing <laughs>
0: bad bad kind of stuff. He's doing he's doing shady deals. Okay, that he, th- that he thinks the feds will never catch, we know how it is. When we think they'll never catch it, many times they do catch it. <laughs> of course. So you're very worried for him. Um, And, you know, you're trying to find, of course, you're trying desperately to help him get out of that and find some kind of a presentation, some, I don't know if you can say argument, some some appeal, some wake-up call, something that might help him himself from the situation so you know if you have any thoughts on that uh you
1: can go right ahead i would guess you just have to get right to the point and say dude what are you what are you thinking <laughs> you tell him straight right nothing's worth it it's not there's nothing there's nothing nothing worth what's gonna happen to you. Right,
0: right. So you throw your whole life uh, in the trash. Potentially, potentially in this world, uh, for sure in the next world, right? Right. And we have many good sources about how um, among the most severe transgressions is the theft. The decree of the, uh, the Doa al-Mabu, the, the generation of the flood was, dec- was sealed because of the sin of theft, even though they had many other severe transgressions. And, you know, if you don't give it back, how could you even get forgiveness? And um, maybe there could be even an approach that, uh, of course, you don't really need to use these methods. Because if Hashem wants to send you wealth, he has no shortage of means how to do it. It doesn't need any help of nefarious means to send you abundance of riches if uh, that is the right thing. But sometimes the riches is not really meant for a person's benefit. It could be ultimately as a, uh, as a negative intervention. So you definitely don't want that. And I could think maybe there could be an approach of uh, trying to highlight the positive accomplishment that would be contained in making that reversal. Because as we know, the more difficult a mitzvah is, the greater is the reward when we accomplish it. So as hard as it might be to make that major change, that's how many times multiplied will be the reward for doing that. Like the Rambam says, that uh, the, the Baal Shuvah is on the highest level because it's more difficult for him. So uh, maybe there could be something like that that could be a motivation.
1: Yeah, jump in with a, a different idea.
0: By all means, go right ahead. Um.
1: What about talking to him about him? About his shama or good qualities or better than that. You know. Like
0: oh. That guy. Very good, very good. Um, I hear that, right? It's it's this is really doesn't match for you who you really are. That's good. Mm-hmm. And um maybe there could be an approach of uh, asking him if he's really happy. Because as we know, in all similar situations, the people are not really happy because there's no real satisfaction. And the more you get, of course, you know, the more you need more, especially we're trying to keep up with other people and competing with always the next level.
1: I feel like also, like when you're saying that, some of it could also be like this element of secrecy, like he doesn't anyone to know that he's doing this shady thing. But once it's brought into the open, you know, it already kills half of the the that he's, you know, where it's, you know, the, the idea is coming from. Um. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah,
0: that that could also be <laughs> a halvai. But when you mentioned about bring 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 burn to the open, if someone like this ever does get into the open, how devastating will that be to his family? So the, the, the risk of harm to himself is very great and uh, the benefit is not really much. So we could think of, you know, a lot of possible good arguments, but lo and behold, Shlomoh as explained by Rabbi Nibachai, at least in one place, the is, so, is using something different than any of these. Something that I don't think we ever have thought of. And even once we see it, it's not simple to understand. And perhaps we only try to understand it since we know it's coming from the wisest person that the world ever. So it's going to be worth uh, a lot of good analysis to try to understand. So what does Shlomo say? Shlomo says, something along the following lines. And we can try to imagine, you know, a scene of Shlomo talking to somebody in his time that might need to hear a message to uh, help him get out of a bad situation and he says um, if you would give it back and live even a very modest lifestyle to give back all the embezzled treasures, which they can be quite a lot, quite a large collection. You'll enjoy more that little bit that you'll have left that's honest, that's rightfully yours. And all the treasures, all the riches, all the lavish lifestyle that you have now, that's illegal and ill-got. And it's interesting that Rebbein is in his explanation, um, sort of introduces this, that Shlomo Malik is even coming to address, as we're discussing, someone that has already amassed a lot illegally, and he might say, how can I give it back? It's a line. How can I give it all back? And to such a person who may be thinking that or feeling that Shema Melech is saying, if you give it back and you live with honesty You'll be enjoying your life more than you are now, with all these treasures of gold and silver. That was dishonest. And then he proceeds to bring a proof to this. he says, the Binnabakh explains, I can prove this to you from real life experience. Where you see that a person will enjoy more, even a very meager meal, some vegetables in the company of his friends. Over and above the most lavish. Thickest steak, most lavish feast in the company of enemies. So Shalom Malach says, if this is true in the human experience, how much more so with regards to our relationship with Hashem, that a person will enjoy more the little bit that will have left that's rightfully his, that's with truth, that's with said righteousness. And it's with the recognition of Hashem, and the love of Hashem, which is better than, the, than that love that He has with any person, and better than all the riches of gold and silver. That's the message. Hashemah Melach says to that um, prominent. Uh, you know high standing, rich person in his time who's gotten it through illegal means. He's saying to him, if you give it all back, you'll enjoy the little bit that you have left more. Just like you enjoy more the company of a good friend over above the most lavish feasts. In the company of your enemies and even more so he says it's the kalvah it's even stronger if we see this in the human experience with another person how much more so with regard to our
1: can we, we talk about what this enjoyment is by like comparing the enjoyments because obviously they're very different and what he means by that enjoyment
0: yeah that's um, that's a good question but I, but I first want to sort of just like taking the words because um, I think at that first glance it sounds almost like 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 a mystery like like a riddle like what could Shlomo Melech possibly even mean with this if I was that person who was talking to I'll probably walk away from the conversation, of course, with the great respect for Shlomo al the greatest Chacham, wondering, what is the Melech saying to me? What is he, what is he trying to say? Does he think that, that that could be the motivation? If he really does suspect, or he, maybe he's not accusing me directly, but he's trying to, you know, help me be aware that in case the rumors are true, that I'm doing something that's not allowed, that's not not worth it. Is this gonna be the motivation? Is it possible that someone who has been is describing is saying to himself, how can I give it back? Is it going to be motivated by some kind of a, a unusual enjoyment? That is he's gonna have from that very little bit that's gonna be left? Is it gonna be like so amazing? So, so, so enjoyable that it's worth to give back everything Everything that he stole? Could that be like a desire for that pleasure It's gonna be so intense? He doesn't even know that pleasure yet. He hasn't experienced it yet. <clears throat> it's really hard to imagine that that could serve as a direct motivation. Do you hear this question or voice I Okay, so. That's one question. Um, Avi, do you want to uh, elaborate what you think this enjoyment is all about?
1: It sounds. It sounds like it's like the concept of like less is more or like when you have something that is, you know, quality, then, you know, you're like, to me, it's like when he, if he does that, like, you know, balchuva spiritual move of giving back the money like i'm imagining bernie Madoff. i mean i don't know if i can say his name like it's, it's just whatever like, that, yeah. that type of thing yeah. though yeah so like so he can't be left with 10 million because then like that's way too much to begin with so let's say he's left with like n- not that much money but a little bit and he realizes like he does true he puts on a yarmulke and his you know the whole thing and you know chabad gets him you know And, and, and the bottom line is that he, he, you know, he's like looking at that little bit of cash and he's saying, Hey, this is Kodesh. This is, this is, you know, I'm doing this. I know this is holy. I know that this is what God wants. So there's a deeper meaning when he looks at this money and he realizes that all the other stuff came from the wrong place. And when he puts this amount that he has in perspective, he's connecting with God so it's like it becomes a spiritual uh... that's my thought
0: I hear, that's fascinating <laughs> I, I hear that and I think that that could be possible um, but, but again the main problem that I have is that since this is something that is so unfamiliar it, it's hard to imagine it's serving as the motivation So it's like, this can be like a consolation. If you have powerful motivation to change out of of the fear of very bad consequences, or maybe out of of some hope of some eternal reward, but you're just like, you know, like sort of stuck. So you can reassure the person, don't worry, you'll be okay. You know, less will be more. And uh, you'll be able to be okay with it. But but way but explaining it, it seems like this is the essential message that Salah Malach is wasn't just being given as like an added sort of you know tag along, something that is being you know, included in a very large picture to uh, help him, you know, sort of you know ease, ease the burden, so to speak, a little bit.
1: But I mean, it like, sounds like he, if he has a picture already of of what that looks like, I, I did think you were saying it like more of a constellation. But you are saying it more as like the you know before. So he has to have an idea of what Ruchnius is to appreciate that. other. Is he? How could that be a hechroch?
0: Well, well, let's let's try to at least work with the fact that he that he has respect for the wisdom of Shlomo Amelch and and he could trust what Shlomo Malik is saying and Shlomo Malik himself is trying to prove it to the person by showing, what is he trying to show? You see that what you really gain pleasure from in life is what's of the spirit your 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 good human connection of course this ava can't just be, you know um, a very superficial nature has to be real French. But you know, even somebody who's doing other not good things, hopefully could have. And you could sense that this is where you get something real from. And the same kind of way you you could recognize, you could somehow understand you could make that a conclusion, you could draw that conclusion that if you would make that step, not simply because it would be such a major accomplishment and such a major transformation, but if just, if you would take that step of giving back what you took legally, and living simply, with what's rightfully yours, which will be in a manner of truth, in a manner of connection to the, one of the most primary qualities of Hashem. You'll be able to sense that. You'll be able to sense, oh, now I'm in touch with truth. Your Nishama will be able to experience that that will be a very good experience. That will be something really more enjoyable than whatever you're having now because that will be something real. That will be something that's of the, of the essence of the person. So if he can understand this and sort of, you know, trust Shlomo Amalekh enough to go through that process and, and come to recognize, and if he is he's smart enough to know, and he's open enough to hear, at least from somebody like Shlomo Amalekh. See, I don't know if we would have that same kind of credibility, but if we could say, well, let me tell you what Shlomo Amalekh says to somebody in the same kind of situation. This is what he said. You'll wind up enjoying that little bit that you have, that you have now, because these to your neshama, to the, to who you truly are, and your greatest true enjoyment only comes when the neshama is experiencing its connection with Hashem which it innately has, which it always remains able to reestablish. So if your real pleasure is one of the nefesh as you yourself can can see, can sense, then certainly when you're doing something which you will be able to recognize as clearly an act of truth, a, a new life of truth will be one of connection to Hashem. That will be a better kind of an experience than the one you're having now. That will be real. This is all just just fantasy.
1: Can I, can I, um, can I give you an analogy or a I thought of as you were saying this? I don't know sure, if it please. Works.
0: Please, so, by all means, go got, ahead.
1: Like we're, we're, we're not talking about money. We're talking about children okay so a guy kidnaps children okay. and he has he has his own son so he kidnaps a <laughs> yeah. hundred children he wants to make you know whatever money selling them and the whatever and okay. I know it sounds like a crazy example but
0: okay go ahead
1: so when they say give back these children and you're going to have something better he doesn't have any real shaykhs with children. He took them because he thought he could make a quick buck. But he's not, he doesn't really have any some connection. But his son, who's, you know, piece of him, he has Shaykhahs with. So they say, you know, forget about all this other stuff, all these all this, all this kidnapped kids, <laughs> and just stick with the real thing. I'm sorry for the example. I know it sounds pretty pretty brutal.
0: It's okay. It it, um, it does it does have a quality of making this point <laughs> in the yeah. extreme way. Um. So so we still have to come back and try to figure out. So what is Shlomo Melech really trying to accomplish with this? Because even if the person could like conceptualize that, and he could even believe that, could that be the motivation? to change his life could he would he could he possibly say oh i want to have that pleasure because that's better than everything that i have right now so i'm just gonna flip my life over that i still would wonder even if he could like see that's that could be would would the the pleasure itself be the motivation or is it really trying to help him realize something that's really just blocking him from, from this and all the other messages that he may know already just it can't take them in so what does it mean when he says how can I give it back What does that mean? What is that all about? For the God of sense. He knows he's not allowed to have. He knows it's potentially terribly damaging to him. He knows everything. What does he mean when he says, how can I give it back? I think you only mean one thing. cannot give it back because he is so tied to his money that that's his whole identity that's his whole self everything that he perceives about himself is tied to the the riches that he has amassed however he got them so he cannot give it back that's like he sees that as like that's like suicide What will he be without his money? So that all Islam is trying to do is help him to realize that this is just his imagination. It's just a very clever deception that the eight Sahara causes a person to buy into, that a person has a nature to buy into. as all false creation in his mind. There's no basis in reality. But he has come to think about himself that he is, his whole identity, his whole self is as this rich robber baron, as this rich, rich and powerful person who has successfully amassed this wealth, even through illegal means. And Jean-Marc was just trying to help him realize that that's all make-believe. And, and this could be the, the way that he discovers it. When he discovers that his greatest, his true source of enjoyment and his most powerful one that he would, or the best one that he would have, he gave the money back. is coming from his neshama. So then he'll realize that he's not a person that's made out of his money. He's a spiritual being. His real hanar comes from his nefesh. That all this is just creation of the mind it has no reality, and, and doesn't have to have any grip over it. He could just walk away from it all. Okay, you know, there may, there may be some technical issues here, how to, how to accomplish that. But that thought that's, that's my money is my whole identity. That was all just in his own mind. That was, there was no reality to it. And that you could see from the fact that living with truth is going to be a better life. So obviously, without the money, I'll be fine. On the contrary, it will be more benachis. it will be more enjoyable. I'll be connected to Hashem. I'll be able to make contact with the source of all good and all good to me. And I'll be enjoying more the little bit that Hashem has given me in his kindness than whatever I am asked through my own uh, improper methods. So of course, it'll be more enjoyable. I'll be coming back to relationship with Hashem. That's the only real truth. So if I'll discover that then, if I'm able to experience that then, I can know it already now. I can know that everything that I've been caught in is really nothing to it. And that thinking of myself as this rich, powerful, who knows what, is just just all imaginary. But what am I in truth? Uh, A Hilagi a potentially very big tzaddik. My essence is my Nisham, and this is the proof. Where do I get my real pleasure from? My nefesh. So what do I need all this for? I don't need it. How does it sound?
1: Me it sounds a little bit like if he if he if he does this, you're saying it like it could be suicide. So I feel like, you know, he first commits suicide and then to get to the Ruchnis he has to have Machai Mason because how do you <laughs> one, no I'm saying one because it's such a strong association with the money, so who's gonna inspire him enough to like, you know, give it all up and and get involved I'm with like, that Neshama I'm that he doesn't really know too well.
0: I'm suggesting though in the Khan I'm suggesting that when he recognizes that yeah that's true if i would give it all up and just live free and clear my life will be better right now it's probably not very pleasant but i'm stuck i'm caught oh but why am i caught because i think i need the money i need the competition i need to be in this race I need to be constantly feeding that drive. That was all just imagination that I believed was real.
1: Oh, okay. You're saying once it, it hits him, him once, once he has that clarity.
0: Wake up, wake up, like, I don't do any of this. Because what am I? Who am I? I'm my neshama. Oh, the neshama. I have a neshama? Yeah, you have a neshama. It's alive. It's a evening <laughs> It's yearning for some, for some, for some nourishment of, uh, of, of, of the quality of truth. There's Hashem's signet But if you t- make contact with that, you'll see how all this was a fallacy and a fantasy. Because you'll be, you'll be experiencing life as it's meant to be lived. Like the Rambam says about if you have extra money on Purim, the best way to spend it to give extra is a because that is the greatest, most glorious simcha to uplift those that are downtrodden and bring gladness to the hearts of those that are poor and needy, the assignment, the the Aniyim, and the Geir. Because someone who does that is, is acting like Hashem But whom the apostate says. Hashem dwells in the highest heights. And. Is. Together with. Those that are lowly in spirit. To lift them up. Bring them up. What's called the greatest joy. It's not glitzy and glamorous. It's deep and meaningful. And real. It's in contact with the ways of Hashem. That's a real gratifying experience. Oh, that's who I am. So I don't need all of this. Once I realize I don't need all of this, then I can first start to realize how how unwise it is to engage in it and how you know truly wise it is to let go of it and get out while I still can and save myself from anything really terrible. Because I realize I don't need it. (laughs) It's not who I am. So then I can say, okay, done with that. And what am I going to tell everybody? I decided to retire. I'm going back to the basement. (laughs) I'll make up some explanation.
1: So are you saying that the more that he gets in touch with his neshama and... You know that energy, and um, then it's you know he has more clarity because he's really feeling something. That's that's MS, and so once he starts feeling it a little bit, then you could put into to perspective, you know, what the the goof and the gosh me stuff is, because you know you're saying he, he he's starting to feel it a little bit, and it's starting to like.
0: Yeah, and he can, wow. he can imagine, like, imagine that good feeling. He could understand that good feeling as Shalom was helping him to make that connection and then to realize, okay, what's that coming from? From being in touch with what? The of truth. What is the source of the quality of truth? Hashem himself, because everything good all relates back to Hashem. All, all the meters of Hashem that we can make contact with as a means of connecting back to the root of all good, which is Hashem himself, those thoughts realize oh, I, I, I can have a connection with Hashem himself, all his good, infinite good, everlasting good. Eternal good. That's all within me that I have. So what was, was all this about? I don't know, it was just a very bad i just woke up i can wake up from this very very bad uh, paralyzing dream say okay
1: (laughs) i'm back There's, there's back. there's plenty of jewish guys that didn't wake up in time that you know
0: yes unfortunately 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 and, you know, um, we don't know exactly what, you know, might have happened at the very end. But um, even even the, the most sort of final momentary wake up also has value. As we see from, from the episode of the city of Sdom and Amora, that Hashem brought their destruction at a time of day that both the sun and the moon were visible. So if they shouldn't be able to say that it was this uh, island worshiping power that they had that was the cause of the destruction or that one, that they would have to recognize in the hope that they would recognize that it was from Hashem. So we don't know whether that actually took place, but there was at least that possibility being given to them, that help being given to them. And at least at their final moments, they would realize it was Hashem that brought this final uh, elimination. And that would also be valuable. And Bashar Malachi is trying to help the person, of course, to turn things around it's, as soon as possible. So the 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 I guess the best takeaway would be that um, what all we could try to do for ourselves, however we can, and for others, is to come to recognize who we truly are. We truly are a being of tremendous holiness and potential for connection with Hashem, and that is never lost from the person. And any single contact that we make especially with Hashem's ways of truth and kindness is opportunity for us to experience that experience the good feeling that comes with that and there are times that we could really know when we do something that's good especially for another person when they need it that this was something really good and then we realize oh We have some contact with the qualities of Hashem. That means we have an Hashem within us that's able to make contact with the qualities that are of Hashem. That means that we have a connection with Hashem himself. Oh, that brings Hashem into our awareness. And then we remember Hashem and all his greatness and his perfection and his kindness and his closeness to us and is trying to help us to come back in all kinds of ways. And hopefully that could be uh, quite helpful.